0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk About Pelvic Girdle Pain podcast. Hi, I'm Angeline. I am a mum of two and I have lived experience of pelvic girdle pain. And I'm Philippa. I'm a chiropractor. I'm a mum of three and I love working with pregnant
1: women and birthing people. So with the podcast, we are going to be talking about everything relating to pelvic girdle pain. We're going to do a deep dive into what this condition is really all about, what it truly is. We're going to give it the airtime time that it needs. And we're going to talk about the way that it affects women, the support that they need um, and just real truth. If
0: you would like to share your experience or if you would like to, us to cover a particular element of pelvic girdle pain, then let us know. All of our links are in the show notes. And for me,
1: I know from lived experience of this condition, how isolating, how lonely, how difficult, how frustrating it can be. And if I had come across something like this earlier in my journey, then it would have made a massive, massive difference to the way that I've recovered. So I think it's really important that we get this out there and I hope you enjoy it.
0: Today, we're recording episode 10 of the Let's Talk About Pelvic Girl or Pain podcast. And for this one, we're going to must out a few myths, all of which I have heard people be told, at least two of
1: which you were told, weren't you, Angeline? Yeah. So yeah. there's so many myths, yeah. but we're going to focus on three in this episode. Um, and it's just, it it's so misleading for women because you're told it and you trust health professionals and so then you cling on to it and then it actually makes the journey worse in the long run because you cling on to myths that, you expect to happen and then when they don't happen it's like you fall from a high height again Mm -hmm.
0: because Mm -hmm.
1: you have this expectation which doesn't you know it it doesn't come to fruition
0: no and I was thinking the other day about why these myths occur and how they endure and I was trying to work out what it is and then I read the book you know how you do this we do this don't we? say this you read something constantly I read a book by Gail Tully who is the um woman who developed spinning baby she's a midwife and doula and she wrote about that she wrote that it gets passed on from practitioner to practitioner and that's in the main how pelvic girdle pain education occurs Mm -hmm. because it's not a specific conversation specific um part of the curriculum as yet so Mm -hmm. that we think is why um so what was one of the first myths you were told
1: it'll go after birth, it'll go after birth, you'll be fine, you just have to get through the end of this pregnancy, it'll go after birth and after the first one it did go after birth but actually the damage had been done yeah. so then I was walking about with misalignment for almost nine years and then the second time around it'll go after birth, you just have to get through the pregnancy, it'll go after birth and um, it didn't go after birth, um, and so many women are told that so many women are told it'll go after birth so then you think you think in your head okay I just need to get through this pregnancy it's horrific but you know there's light at the end of the tunnel and then so many of us get to the end of the pregnancy and it doesn't go away yeah
0: and, and so then
1: you yeah
0: sorry I've interrupted I think then um as well when you get when you get told that and like you say, you do drop off a cliff. And the people I've worked with who have, I think it's about 10% who are likely to have pelvic girdle pain that persists postpartum. Um, so it's at least one in 10. And that's a reasonably high number. But even if you're told, "Oh, will use it get to the end of the pregnancy and it'll go, that's still nine months or depending on when you start with the pelvic girdle pain. But for a lot of people, it can start for six weeks, 10 weeks, really quite early on. There's no... Mm-hmm limit some from conception, yeah. Some
1: a lot of women life? have actually said that that's how they've known they're pregnant because of felt pelvic
0: pain. It's incredible, isn't it? So, so early. So, for that entire time, they're just being told that they have to put up with that pain and not given any other option, yeah.
1: But then, I think also, if you think about um how barbaric is it that we're saying that to women because it's not just about putting up with the pain you're then robbed of the experience that you expected to have during pregnancy so you know for myself I was robbed of lots of things but um common things for other women are the social aspect of it you know you you um you sort of retract yourself socially Mm -hmm. you don't you don't do things that you would normally do you perhaps are missing out in regular exercise that you would have um, otherwise participated in prior to pregnancy, which then, you know, you don't get the endorphins that you would have had. So then you, you may gain more weight, which is fine. But for some people it's not because that can then impact your mental health. And so it's not just about, oh, you just, well, first of all, it's bad enough saying, you just have to put up with the pain when we know that it's treatable. Second of all, it's not just about the pain. Mm -hmm. It's about everything else that goes with it. Yeah, you know, like you're sitting at home and you're just in agony, and and then you have guilt because you potentially have other kids, so you can't do what you want to do with your other kids. Um, your relationship isn't what you expected it to be, or what it was pre-PGP. It's absolutely massive, but it's really common for women to be told it will go after birth, and Mm -hmm. sadly. In this day and age, it's still really common,
0: yeah,
1: for us to be given that myth.
0: So, the truth of that is that it might not have mm-hmm. a girdle pain can persist postpartum, and that's the true information that should be given out, yeah,
1: okay, especially if you've had it in a previous pregnancy and it's gone untreated. It's I think than- that's an important one. Because early intervention is key. We know early intervention is key. Yeah. So it's never, ever, ever too late to to get manual therapy. I love that reminder. It's so
0: true. It's so true. It's so true. And it's so important that
1: we we, uh continue. It's so important that we share that because a lot of people think that, oh, well, it's done now. So I just have to live like this. You do not have to live like this. And please know that because you can change your quality of life. You know, you can feel better all round if you if you get the, the right treatment. So don't don't be fobbed off. Don't, you know, you have to be strong and advocate for yourself. And I'm right behind you. <laughs> I you're am stubborn. right behind you. Trust me. Yeah. I am very stubborn
0: and I am there with you. <laughs> and you're a wonderful force of nature, Angelina. I could not. Know, you're a breath of, breath of air and a force of nature and um, mm. a woman that makes waves, which I know that
1: so um next one next one the it's all about one. your hormones it's your hormones it's just your hormones um, I actually was told that um, the hormones I was told in, during pregnancy it's all your hormones but then postnatally I was told you've still got loads of hormones going on in your body by the GP you just need to give it six weeks you just need to give it six months oh it's you know there's still lot going on hormones 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 but that's that is factually incorrect okay it's not accurate so again we shouldn't be fobbed off and you know it's really difficult because you're in a vulnerable place and so again we trust health professionals and so you think oh your gp is telling you that that must be true mm-hmm. and again you fall from the cliff because you then think oh i'll get to six months but you're you're actually it's actually making it worse for us, isn't it? Because more time has going on. So actually, for me, I look back and think more damage has been done. But it's not. It's not just your hormones. Not just your hormones.
0: I often think I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day because it's it's also a common misconception within health professionals, as you said um even manual therapists that it is your hormones because actually that was probably what we were taught 15 years ago but there was a research study done about 10 years ago which looked at levels of relaxing versus levels of pelvic girdle pain and there was no direct correlation with levels of pain and levels of relaxing within the body so they realized then that there was no we knew it wasn't the hormones causing it and Then logically we knew that anyway because if it was hormones um manual therapy won't make a difference because manual therapy won't change the hormone levels but I mean it's just a logic thing, that's my brain. Um, but the research is helpful to validate what we already were starting to see. But the hormone thing has kind of kept us a little bit static, I think. And I think it's that's one of the reasons that they'll just wait till you deliver your baby, and that point there will be um, a change in the hormones and everything will go back to normal. Um, but because it's not just your hormones, in fact, it's probably not your hormones. Almost at all. I think there's a level, a layer of, of where that last relaxing level kicks in, where yep. if the underlying biomechanics of the body um, aren't functioning as they could, if the joints aren't moving as evenly as they could, if the, everything else is not working as it, sh- as it could, and then the baby is changing your alignment as well, so you're obviously you're mm. so the pelvis is tilting forwards. Those combination factors, then with the extra layer of, of hormones, may make a difference but because of people like yourself, Angeline, who have pain that, that persists postpartum for years, yes. um, we know as an absolute that the hormones are a very small part, if any part of that process, yes. and certainly don't correlate directly to the pain. Yes. So that's, um, it's another thing that I think that by saying that, like you say, we're doing people a disservice and we're holding them in a place that they need to be held. Um, and because the hormones don't just affect that, where um, uh, we were looking at that third myth, we were looking at breastfeeding as well. Yeah. Um. There was a theory, and there is a theory that that you have more relaxing within your body if you breastfeed. I'm not sure of the actual research on it, and maybe I need to dig it out and other than yet it one day. But there again was the, the theory that you, if you stop breastfeeding, the pain will go yep. away, would not there? shape, um,
1: Yeah and a lot of women are told that and so a lot of women then stop breastfeeding and they think oh well you know what and it's really difficult actually to come to that decision because um there's a lot of guilt that comes with that because you know if 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 you've wanted to breastfeed from the day that you were pregnant then or at any point in time then you you maybe have in your head like a timeline of when you want to breastfeed until perhaps it's a year and so then to be told that you know you have to stop breastfeeding because that'll help your pelvic girdle pain that'll take your pelvic girdle pain away you then have to um, weigh up right okay is this the right thing for me to do for me and my baby and and ultimately if it's going to stop you being in pain then you think oh that's the right way I should move forward but then a lot of women do so so not only are they deprived of the experience of breastfeeding not only is their breastfeeding journey cut short with their baby you know which has other implications emotionally psychologically so not only that but then they come from that top of the cliff again because i have spoke to women i have spoke to women who have said to me that they have stopped breastfeeding specifically because they were told to help their pgp and it hasn't mm-hmm. and they've been so gutted disappointed depressed clinically depressed because They've loved breastfeeding their baby. And they've ultimately been lulled into a false sense of security that by stopping it, the PGP will either be improved or will stop. And that's not been the case. So not only have they missed out on that, yeah. but it's not helped. It's just so wrong. And we need to bust these myths because we're just are um, just we're just doing women such a disservice on so many levels yeah and the pain alone is barbaric the pain alone is barbaric it is barbaric but then to add all that into the mix yeah it's just
0: so not okay it's more grief and more trauma that's completely unnecessary and having to make a decision between your pain levels and the way you choose to feed your child because if you haven't had the pregnancy you wanted and maybe or maybe not had the birth you wanted then to have to make a choice about whether you breastfeed or not. If you're particularly um, passionate about wanting to, then that's another level of grief, another level of loss that you shouldn't ever have to deal with. And it does, it is is still a myth, like you say. I mean, I've heard it within various circles. I've had a lot of women come to me with that um, information and ask, will it make a difference? And we know it doesn't. We know in fact the opposite happens. I think the research, and I will check this again, so, you know, come back to me if you hear this and you think, no, that's wrong. But the research actually says the opposite, that, that, um, that the women who breastfed were slightly, slightly less likely. But there's no necessarily reason why. There may be no reason. It might just be a, uh, an indirect correlation. But there yeah. it wasn't. There was no significant benefit from stopping. Um, and that's a really, really tough thing. And when you go back through your experience... As you have done, and you kind of unpick all the times you were told things that took you off in the wrong direction mm-hmm. again, um, and not necessarily one direction, not the right direction, you know, not the support that you wanted, needed, and deserved, then that really changes things. And the grief, there's a book, mm-hmm. I it's by Amy Brown called Breastfeeding Grief Matters, mm-hmm. because that's another layer of loss, and it is often not recognised um as a you know if you if you can't for whatever reason then that's not recognized but this is not a reason to have to stop or have to make a choice between one thing and another it's not the reason so um the more we like you say bust out these myths the more we can kind of go like that's not a thing this isn't a thing um and share what our benefits yeah. and-,
1: and it's and, and also i think it's important to say that it's not a thing and it's been proven it's not a thing by all these women that have eradicated certain things and it's not made any difference and ultimately we're taking more and more and more control away from women and decisions they make about their wife because even if you look out with these three myths that we've just discussed you're already deprived of other things like not going to baby classes Mm-hmm. with your baby because you can't get down on the floor so then you miss out on that experience you have the guilt of that you have the um the lack of friends you don't make friends during maternity because you can't go for the coffees that you thought you could go for because you've not been at the classes to meet the women and it's just like a snowball effect and ultimately it impacts the control and it takes away choice from women which is not okay
0: yeah and you said something there about guilt you know because the thing is the amount of, the amount of women that I've spoken to that have had pelvic girdle pain and couldn't possibly do these things and yet still feel guilty. um, I want to reach out to you and give you massive hugs because you're carrying something that you shouldn't have to carry. You shouldn't have to carry the weight of that guilt. I know that when you have babies, I'm fairly certain you get a baby um centering and guilt um and yeah. because the mother guilt thing is real isn't it the parent guilt thing is real but you shouldn't have to carry the weight of that guilt that's that's yeah. shouldn't never have to be on you but i nearly always hear people saying they feel guilty it breaks my heart for all of you
1: yeah it's um,
0: amplified by
1: pgp as well mm-hmm. you know it's amplified and and honestly like i still feel guilty at times and um look how far down my journey i am
0: mm-hmm
1: so it's always there
0: yeah
1: maybe to a lesser degree but it's always there you know and and if 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 my journey had been different if I had access to the right treatment earlier on then it wouldn't have gone that far so yeah there's there's a lot of work to do
0: there is loads of work to do but um, hopefully we're making inroads into those, making yeah. changes and just sharing some things that will help people out there. Um, so if you feel this is relevant to you and you want to reach out, Angeline's email address will be on the show notes, but she knows it off by heart, which is... is and me at outlook.com. And that's also her Instagram handle, which is awesome. She shares on that low, so you can follow her story. And uh, If you haven't already listened to it, episode eight, is angeline's story in full so you can hear what she's been through and why she's um got to where she is and why she's a trustee of the public partnership and is an awesome human to boot so it's making sure <laughs> she changes lives for other people um so thank you so much for being my co host angeline i could not be more grateful um, <laughs> thank you for be... having me oh you're welcome always welcome I, you know, not a hardship chatting to you at all um uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will be back soon with the next one um I've no idea what it's going to be about yet, Angeline. I'm sure we'll have somebody's story to share at some point. Um, but if not, we'll find something else to talk about. But if you would like us to talk about something that relates like to you, please reach out. And if you want to share please reach out. We're here for you. Just want yeah. chat, please reach out. OK. Um, we have
1: lots of content, though, don't we? We have so much content planned. The page is just growing and growing and growing and growing. So uh, stay tuned because there's
0: lots to come. hi i'm jen i'm coordinator at the pelvic partnership we're a small charity offering support and information to women and birthing people experiencing pregnancy related pelvic girdle pain we have lots of free information and resources on our website our ebook our toolkit to help you describe your pain and a list of private recommended practitioners including physios osteopaths and chiropractors we also have a range of support services available to help you a telephone helpline, a Facebook support group, and one-to-one support on social media. Find us on Facebook or Instagram at, at the pelvic partnership or head to our website www.pelvicpartnership.org.uk. Take care and please remember pelvic girdle pain is treatable. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed creating it. If you could rate review and subscribe, we would be eternally grateful. Please note, this podcast in no way replaces medical advice. If you'd like further information, please jump over to the Pelvic Partnerships website, which includes, amongst other things, a recommended list of practitioners to help you further. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again soon.